Hey guys, hey Shantu, Shantanu, how do I pronounce your name best? Shantanu, perfect. Shantanu, call me, Shantanu. Call me Sean if you want for short. <laughs> Hi guys and welcome again for another episode uh, on the RevOps and ABM alignment. Shantanu now is here from Gong. Everybody knows Gong, a reputable company. Today, Shantanu, I would like to dive deeper into your experience, your background, and then into uh, gong.io. But first and foremost, you were telling me that um, you, your father was in Indian Army, you were traveling a lot, you were taking a lot of experience in this diverse India. I've been also there. I love the country. I love the food. I love the people. So we can geek out a lot about India, about RevOps, about ABN. So tell me, did the experience uh, in India and all the traveling connect you somehow with RevOps and what you do today? How How, how is these two connected? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so first of all, very, very excited to be here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, you're right. And if I think about you just mentioned growing up, I was pretty much moving from, I think a bit of an army brat, if that's the phrase you might use, where you actually have uh, roots down in one place for two to three years and you move very quickly. Um, in fact, right now I'm in Dublin, Ireland. I've been here for more than eight uh -huh. and a half years. That's the longest I've been in one location. And this house is the longest I've been in one house in my life. Uh, so growing up, again, to your point, I think the two big things I learned, number one, just adaptability, because... As you're moving across, there's, you, you have to make a new set of friends. You don't really have your own home or childhood home to really think about. This is, this is my bed. This is how I, so you get used to moving around, adaptability, change. That's all something which is very easy for, I would say easy, but it's something which is more, you get more used to it. Change is never easy to deal with, but you get. How many schools did you change, by the way? So I've, I've gone to nine schools. Whoa, so you can tell us some tactics of how, how you were making friends when you were like... <laughs> it was tough. And the, the, good, the good thing is because a lot of times you go into a place where there's a lot of different people who've moved as well. So uh, that's okay. it. Uh, but also a couple of times that you in and, and, and as most parents who do, you try and get the best education for your children. And so I went to a, um, a school where let's say I was the only new child in there. And my, my brother, I, had an older, I have an older brother. We both used to uh -huh. move together. Uh, so there was a lot of, I would say, learning from each other, but also then, so my brother became my best friend through my, through my uh -huh. child. And then you, but you then quickly get, you get used to making new friends, saying goodbye to friends or, or a certain number of times as well. So that, that was, I think, a good learning. The and other these schools, uh, these schools, right. sorry, I, I'm just curious, like when you were going to these schools, they were also from other army families or it was? So some, but again, it, huh. I, I think until my, Right. I don't know if the schooling system is the same everywhere, but let's say until primary, I was in uh -huh. pretty much, let's say, an army related school. But after primary, when you want to go into more more serious studies in middle school and secondary, you then go into um, more convent schools or things like that, mm -hmm. where you, or, um, which is which would have a higher population of civilian population, if I might call it that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was a good, good, good lesson. And then again, I think it helped. That to me is the second piece, which is you actually learned how to really uh, manage stakeholders, which is very, which is a very interesting way of putting it. But literally, if I come connect that to RevOps, it's your job to come in as the outsider quite often and help people understand why, where you're coming from, what's happening. But that, that was a good lesson, I'd say. That's cool. So you 
you went then to uni in 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 Pune it was like around computer science or mm-hmm. yes i'm just trying to understand how someone with your profile ends up doing what you do today <laughs> very interesting and and again because you obviously have been to mumbai and india you know pune well so um i was a computer engineer i in those four years i learned very quickly that coding was not for me mm. i had visions of me doing that in fact um i have videos of me as a child saying i want to be a software engineer when i grow up and then i realized mm-hmm. through those four years i wasn't going so i very quickly pivoted during those four years i even within college i i realized i was more uh, pulled towards extracurricular even within college and going more towards let's say uh, competitions or events or biz- business plan competitions things like that and then i quickly started preparing for an mba instead rather than going down the route of 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 technology mm-hmm. i actually got a couple of job offers to be a software engineer a couple of um, including one of the tata tata consulting services which is in india's yeah um, yeah they 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 are huge yes like, but i never started exactly but i never started that because i ended up going in for my mba instead uh went in for my mba i was in amdabad which is in gujarat again yeah yeah let's go there um it was, was a great experience over those two years and i learned very quickly that's that's the world i was going into and yeah, i moved away from moved away from engineering then but i always had had that interest for technology and computers which eventually got me back uh 5 years after mba to 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 software so shantanu be honest like going into nice schools where is the best food in india which region <laughs> so lot of i think so my my personal favorite is i think i would say the chicken biryani mm. and, um but i i spend a lot of my time in fact my parents have now retired in hyderabad down south Oh, okay. Some of your listeners who probably uh, might know this is where Google and Microsoft have gone and set up mm. their base in India. I say it's because of the biryani, but food is amazing. Yeah, yeah they are good biryani. Uh, the people are amazing there as well. Yeah, so this is like asking which CRM is best, right? Like uh, for sort of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then um, you end up in being in a SaaS world, right? Like being in this tech tech world. and now into gong we all know gong like fuck man i love gong like the gong io labs like 2 years ago with all the emails what kind of uh, what kind of wording to use what kind of how to do the cold calls how yes. to do the soft cta's uh, the follow ups like udi and the team and amazing amazing content amazing people i i was listening to some of other your podcast and udit podcast but here's the I, i like to challenge it winning by design comes up and they say these days we are saas world kind of fucked because 2023 was hard right uh we spammed everyone with email outreach google is coming changing the whole spiel with the privacy um all the outreach motion doesn't work too many webinars jesus christ like everybody is doing some webinar um exactly then you have <laughs> then you have uh, podcasts also right like everybody suddenly started to do podcasting and everybody's a podcast really? like this one <laughs> so um what the hell like what what works what doesn't work and then you have this abm and this uh, sexy words like revops 
in the mix. So we are a bit uh, a bit confused. How do you see all this? Like, how do you see the 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 revops, the ABM, everything that we do in these uncertain times, and how you guys do it? Great, Trevor. So I'll start. I'll start with maybe the first point you mentioned about go-to-market fit and the world changing, especially with the new Google roles now. Yeah. Then I'll come into the uh, more broader ecosystem and how do you stay relevant. If I go back to that piece, and, and I think, if anything, I know that you mentioned uh, some of our competitors are probably a little bit concerned with some of the changes that are coming in. Um, at Gong, we're actually embracing that change because a large part of what Gong is, is about going deeper. It's not about spray and pray. It's the opposite of that. And which is also why, if you think about, you probably heard the phrase first mover advantage quite often. I think in this case, we've actually got the last mover advantage in the prospecting space. Mm. Because if you think about the entire go-to-market life cycle of the value chain from beginning to end, you're reaching out to whoever you want to contact. You actually do prospecting to them. You help engage and drive value from the conversations and outreach and connectivity that you actually have back and forth over time. And then eventually you're hopefully banking dollars. If you think about the entire value chain with them and, and having happy customers in the end, there are a lot of processes and systems built around that. And that's what the massive SaaS tech stack, I think it's what more than 10,000 players in that field. Actually, if I, if I combine all of the different yeah. versions and verticals that you can get in there. The, the toughest problem to solve in all of the pieces I just talked about there, Romeo, is actually that piece of using the conversation we have in putting in AI. Now, if I think about Gong, and you probably, you're, you're an old, old fan of Gong. You'll know that we've been talking about AI before it became cool. Yeah, so we've, yeah. We've had AI in our system since 2015, 2016. And we, we've used that to really understand context. So, so we, our platform is backed on more than 3 billion interactions that we've had across our customer base, right? And mm. using that to really help drive insights from conversation and those insights eventually lead to actions. That's what is the core of what we're doing. And then we've gone across that value chain. And then this is where I'm coming back to the last mover advantage. As we went in the prospecting space, we mm. learned from some of the mistakes that some of our competitors did and some of the great things that our competitors did. And we've tried to then build a product which actually adapts to that. So in the world of Google clamping down, like you said, on how, how often you can outreach, how, uh, and so many, and, 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 and uh, guidelines. On that, the part which is very relevant for where Gong comes in is, we actually use the account context and deep insights on the account to help you surface a very few, but impactful outreaches. We also mm -hmm. help your team get a lot more time back in how they respond. There's tons of research on how much time people spend on preparing the right information, research, researching the actual prospect reaching out to all of that is solved for. And in the same breath, across the value chain, in the end, we help in prospecting and forecasting as well. So how do you guys do this? So let's go. So I know Gong as a conversational mm -hmm. uh, intelligence tool, right? So in, a, in very short, as an outsider, mm -hmm. how I understand it, you have all the transcriptions of all the conversations that happen, you break this huge amount of data into different taggings or different categories. And from there you extract uh, insights, you can extract different kind of um, actionables that right. you can later on give to, let's say, sales managers or the sales reps to better understand the quality, the qualitative information yes. of those discussions mm -hmm. to feedback 
yeah. back to the sales reps on how to do it more effectively, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So by having all this data, you can um, really understand it uh, better, right? And mm-hmm. I know that there was um, a book about this that you can, like you guys, I think it was you guys that you you detected this, especially nowadays that there is a lot of uh, uncertainty and people need uh, right. these days much more, like a not necessarily consult consultative, but more um, directional, more guidance type of mm-hmm. uh, sales, especially right. in in SaaS, right? So. Um, you you get all these insights and and in an ABM motion, how could you use these insights or how or what else do I miss from from what you just mentioned? That's, I'm that's trying a, to to see a use case. I think the you you captured it well. I think the only thing I, I would add there, right? And, and and this is where I go back to AI. So many people talk about doing AI, but there are three very important things to get AI right because the way you just outlined that Romeo about. Mm-hmm. You get all the data, you get all the information in, and then it's a, it's not only built, capturing all that information is one part, but the most important part is once you understand that data, then you can apply it to all relevant workflows. And I'll, I'll give you one, one use case. But before I go into that, there's three very important things. Number one, what's the volume of data that you have? Is that volume sufficient enough to give you the right patterns? Second, that volume of data you have should be quite relevant, right? Because if if I think about, and again, everybody thinks about chat GPT when you think about uh, AI today, all of the volume of the internet is on it. But mm-hmm. if you ask chat GPT to write your sales specific mail for a certain email for a certain specific use case, it might not be as relevant because Correct. chat GPT will also have sales pitches for, or maybe a sales joke about selling an ice cream to an Eskimo yes. in the same, in the same <laughs> of doing B2B sales. So then how do you yeah. get the, that's the second piece. How do you make your data set very relevant and you almost bound that in within those constraints that are relevant for you. And the third piece, and this is where security comes in a lot. You and I are both sitting in Europe where yeah. it's even, even more of a uh, question than anywhere else in the world. But going really clear when you are playing with so much customer data and their end customer data, how do you ensure you're compliant? You have all the right information. That, so, so with those three pieces baked in, so that's, I think, I think at the core of it. And then mm-hmm. once you have all of that, you're getting signals, you get, you're able to get an identify and work on it. The world is then really your oyster. You mentioned about how do you use it in terms of ABM. Yeah. At, at the core of ABM is really understanding your account, right? Because if you're doing account-based marketing, you need to have right. very, very contextual, deep context. And this is what you get from, from, uh, from Gong. So for instance, if, the, the use case I'll give is you are, let's say, so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going completely into a marketing use case. I'm not going to sales, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a marketing meeting, trying to figure out which accounts to go after. Um, as, as always, you probably have had some conversations. You probably have a list from, uh, from, from sales. Instead of actually having to make that list in a manual way, you can use Gong to go mm-hmm. in and work through accounts and say, okay, of these 10, literally go in and say, for this specific tranche of accounts, you can ask the AI within Gong to give you a sense of, what what's happened at the account? So really, going, so I'm going, going deep oh, into okay. each of that. And let's say you pick your top ten enterprise accounts you want to go and do something big for. You can go into each enterprise account and say what's what's relevant for them, what the challenges they have faced, what are the things that have come up in conversation, any patterns, 
and the AI will then go back through all the conversations over the last few weeks, months, potentially years, depending on how long you've worked with them and give you context on what to use. So, so again, it's very deep. You can go really, really, really deep in this. So, so you are using some kind of semantic search uh, within the tool, right? So I can just literally go and say, okay, I'm selling, um, I don't know, manufacture some kind of manufacturing software in um, Spain and I need some different use cases um, and I can just go in and, and, and see where did we have some discussions with manufacturing um, in this particular use case in Spain, right? Absolutely. And you, you can, again, I, I think there are a lot more uh, qualified people than me in the product team. Remember, I, I quit after software engineering studies. But, <laughs> no, 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 but, but for, but, a non, for the non-engineering. Exactly, exactly. One, and that's, that's a good example. And, and again, I'll give you another use case, right? So let's say, let's, take, let's say you're selling to Google. I'll just take an example. And you really want to go in. There's a, there's a, there's a deal which is in your, in potentially in your pipeline. You probably had um, a change in your executive team. And that, that's happened a lot in the last year, right? We've had new um, CXOs across different companies. Um, your new CXO comes and says, okay, I'm going to go and meet Google. What do, I, what do we know about the account? Typically, what would have happened is there would have been a, a document created, a Word doc, which would have gone into a, five people would have spent one hour each doing that, would have gone up, the CXO would have read it. After that, that, that document is shelf, right? It's, it's dead, it's gone. Mm. What you can do with Gong is you actually have what we call Ask Me Anything. You could literally say, okay, give me a summary in this bullets, the format that you want, get it, screenshot it, send it to the CX, so it's done in one sec. So that's... Okay, that's so it's of, not only voice necessarily. Exactly. It's, it's everything. It's, it's based on conversations that have happened. It's based on emails that have gone through. And I think that's the beauty of Gong as well, because mm. when I talk about capturing, so many people capture information either from either the CRM or maybe some call recordings and try and, like you said, run scripts through a certain piece. Gong literally captures all interactions you've had with the customers. And that mm -hmm. is very powerful because you're also, you're also able to pinpoint what's happened in the CRM. You're also able to pinpoint what's, what's actually conversations have happened. And, and that's helped us build one of our first product extensions, which are going into forecast. So a lot of companies are now using Gong to help forecast. So it's not just stopping at that coaching layer, which is something about the entire, if, if you broaden the horizons of the revenue workflow, we are now able to really drive intelligence and reporting as well. Okay. So it's like um, Dionysius, right? Like you, you orchestrate and you get, you, you understand everything all around um, the organization so that you can create uh, good wine. Yeah, because that's what well, Dionysius I like. I like that analogy. Also. <laughs> I think you should send it to Udi, like you said. <laughs> Um, again, the, the analogy I actually use also is if I think about from a pure RevOps lens and um, I grew up in a world where we always talked about the CRM being the source of truth mm. and if I bring that to yes that is the source of truth I almost think about the analogy being a computer with the hard disk if you think about the big giant PCs with multiple hard disks you connect you have those hard disks within that but then you have the operating system and the operating system is what you are using on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's, that to us is gone. It's mm. how do you consolidate. I mentioned there are 10,000 tools or systems across the board. The average AE logs into six different systems to close a deal. 
Mm. How do you then remove all of that? And you're just logging into one OS going in, which is pretty much, let's say, Gong in this example, and really using Gong to help drive that, bring that six down to maybe four, because you still probably have to send a DocuSign. Yeah, so so now I would like to, in the next 15 minutes, to discuss a bit how you guys go to market, because mm -hmm. you are really known by Udi's idea on the, um, the Super Bowl ad. And yeah, like um, he explains it very well with, um, I think in on Exit 5 or with uh, David Cancel. I think, yeah, from Drift, there is an episode if you guys want to listen to on how that uh, ad was done. It's not like the Super Bowl, uh, the, the, the big, big Super Bowl. They were like smaller uh, states that you could do ads in, in, in different states. So... Uh, don't don't think that Gong it's uh, yet throwing so much budget on uh, millions and millions of dollars for uh, seven seconds of ads. Uh, maybe you guys could do it, but yeah, I don't know if the persona is the right one. Uh, but you guys are creative. That's what I want right. to to say. Like you're really creative, and 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 it's B two B and it's AI and so on. But still, you can be super creative. And this creativity these days is like something that we are looking for because you know as winning by design also put it it's it's hard to have that the go to market fit so um can you can you give us some kind of go to market motions that you guys will run in 2024 or you were running obviously whatever you can share right um that can gives us some inspiration because we are looking for that for sure. That is fair. And by the way, I, our, our marketing team is really unparalleled in terms of just the creativity and the work well, that, that they've been doing. Uh, but if I, I might go in fact deeper on, once, on, on, the, on the opposite example, right? Because you mentioned, as you rightly said, Super Bowl is going really big and we tried that and we're going really big and, and, and uh, making a big splash, which, which we did. The other piece, going back to the new world, like you said, in the new world, it's more about how do you make really relevant mm. and specific almost I won't say opportunities but occasions to to really connect with customers and the one thing which we've been doing over the last over the last year a lot more successfully is actually doing more exclusive and smaller events as well so I think mm -hmm. that's something which has been very yes. interesting in terms of um, if, I, if I think about identifying the right ICP going deep into who are the right deals or Persona within, the, within not just the, the company, but the right companies within uh, your entire data set. And again, bringing my, my RevOps hat, really going deep into using account information and figuring out which are the top companies, which are higher, which have a higher likelihood to buy. Or if you have existing customers, how do you, how do you ensure that you're continuing to really go deep into your um, big uh, and, and, and relevant customers? You then, you then start creating these smaller occasions where you have exclusive dinners or smaller events. And that's been very helpful because with that, we've been able to build some really deep relationships um, within, within, the, within the customers as well. And then um, an example of that is we actually hosted a couple of RevOps dinners last year in London, for example, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. from the European lens that I'm, I'm, I'm sharing. And it was great to just go in and deep and have those um, networks started being built and, and it helped create that community for RevOps, but also a good uh, good awareness of Gong for let's say folks who are not aware of Gong as well. Okay, so more more targeted events, 
mm-hmm. on a specific uh, specific topic with yeah. some um, thought leadership. Okay, that's um, that's pretty cool that you guys do something like this. And I was I was um, actually doing few ABM strategies and proposing a these these type of mini events. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, I get some, I, I got some kind of pushback on mm. on these kind of events, and mainly um, the ROI, right? Like there are few things, too big of an effort for um, the outcome. Mm-hmm. So that means that I need to do a bunch of different events so that I can be that thought leader because Gong is already a thought leader, right? Like. When you send out an email and there is a Gong domain, like it's pretty much um, if you know about um, if if you are in the space and if you right. send it to some folks in London in RevOps, they're like, oh, wow, okay, I want to see what these guys are saying, right? But right. if I'm a new kid, you know, in the block, like you go to nine schools, right? Like <laughs> you're trying to make friends. And uh, you want to go out, like, yes. how would you approach these events or how would you um, yes. make it also in a RevOps and ABM motion yes. so that it's more relevant, that Love you it. can build up your thought leadership? Yes, it's so great. So, and I'll, I'll apply the analogies you rightly said. When, when, you're, when, you're, new to, when you're new in a new school, yeah. you try, and find, try and find spaces where people are already congregating. You try and, you try and almost put yourself out there to try and try and connect. So if I, if I think about it in the same way where keep being conscious of budget, being conscious of where you're coming from, uh, we're also in a very interesting space where most personas that you care about, um, I think 2021 onwards, community has become a massive thing. Yeah. Where there are so many, if I, I believe there might be an overload of Slack communities someplace, in some ways, but <laughs> there's so many different communities being built. And I think over the last, I would say in the last six months or so, there's been a huge movement to try and take those virtual communities into the real world. So yes. I think that the way I would think about it for, for newer companies in the space is identify which, again, going back to the persona, identify which persona you want to target, figure out if they actually have a community. Quite often, they'd be delighted to have a sponsor come up and sponsor mini events for them. The ROI would be actually great because there's probably a community of people already in there. Um, mm-hmm. And... I mean, for example, I have actually set up a, a RevOps community for Europe. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're, we're RevOps people. We don't really, uh, we're not really as brash and, 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 and extroverted. So we don't, we don't have a lot of communication going on on there, but it's a group which, which is connected. And when people have questions, they come in and it's a hundred plus people. Mm-hmm. If, if a company comes in and says, hey, we want to sponsor this, happy to give them some time if they want to talk to the group as well, so we can do an event with them. So small mm-hmm. thing, that's just an example I've taken, but similar cases can be done with whatever persona you're working with. Yeah, I, and, and I think um, the, the this idea of shifting the mindset is, is so important because we, we come from an era, one, uh, COVID, virtual summits, virtual events, webinars, it's like, this this fatigue already of yes. virtually uh, events, right? And then you go into email outreach, then you go into, you know, the fatigue of blogs and whatever that's like even forgotten. But, and then we are in this time that, okay, 
wow, now I need to go out of my house. Now I need to actually connect with people, talk to people, have events, yeah. right? We are, going, we are going back to that human-to-human -human interaction. And it's hard to, to grasp this, that, oh, I cannot uh, do any more 100K impression uh, impressions. It was only 100 people who are from RevOps in, in this uh, community, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think this is, this is hard to still digest, um, that, that the, the volume is lower. This is, this is... I love what you said. In fact, I, I'll, I'll say three words here and I'll, I'll go deep into it. I think going mid fun three frame, go, sorry, but I have gestures on it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I still have ahead. it also. <laughs> uh, I'd say one is, one is going, going mid funnel versus top of the funnel. I think that's one. Mm -hmm. Second, really focusing on outcomes for customers and in, in, in this world. And third, if I, again, put on my marketing lens, really, really forgetting about attribution because that's a big challenge always. Oh. Yeah, and anyway, I I probably opened a Pandora's box of that words. So I won't go deep into that. But on the yeah. on the first two, basically, I'm saying I I love what you're saying, Romeo, because you don't in the world where there's no more spray and pray, you don't have as many thousands of impressions. Really, where the most bang for your dollars invested in marketing is coming in is is in the middle of the funnel, not as much top of the funnel, and and in the middle of the funnel, how can you really help build again to your point when you have the smaller numbers? How do you really get them to understand and see the value you'll get. And that's where the outcomes piece comes in so important because in a world where every single SaaS company specifically, but in general, tech companies as a whole are really looking at overall ROI, overall profitability, margins, unit economics have become so important. You really want to help define, these are the outcomes I'm giving you. So it's, it's no longer just painting a picture yeah. of, hey, here's another shiny tool, which is what 10 emails I get probably, oh, you need to do yeah, this yeah, yeah, marketing, change this, A, B, C, D. But you want to say, these are the outcomes I'm going to give you as a customer. And this is how I'll do it. And I think that deeper conversation is only possible when you're in the middle of the funnel. Yeah, in the last five minutes, I want to also um, talk about a bit more like enterprise deals. Because mm -hmm. what challenges I, um, I hear from different uh, clients and different people I talk to is that Okay, if you're a SaaS um, and you have a persona like RevOps people or salespeople or, you know, we are, we are like in this bubble, right? Like, okay, they make uh, communities, they hang out, they go to parties, whatever. You just go to Dublin, you go to, you stay for two weeks, you get to a few parties and you already know a bunch of startup people. It's not like uh, hard. But what happens with the... With the folks that are from enterprises, you know, the let's say you want to make a small deal with an airline, right? And then you have uh, this big uh, structure with procurement, with different champions, with a lot of people that from security compliance, you name it, right? Yes. And yes. you are just you are just a uh, you know Series A uh, company. You're trying to get into just a small deal so you can have that logo, right? Like yes. that you work with uh, Ryanair or whatever. So, and then the communities are not there or yes. the emails yes. don't work. The These people don't meet. They are like 40 plus. They have already families that they don't have time to meet with you in a bar in Dublin. So the only thing you could do is bake a big party, right? 
yeah. in a big event where these guys go. But mm, I don't have money for that. So yes. I have some ideas, but I just want to pick your brain a bit. Um, how do you see that? Great. And, and that's, a, that's a very, very good example, because if I think about, especially in the world where a, a lot of companies in tech grew big, tech selling to tech, and smaller, yeah. tech, smaller tech companies, when you go bigger, um, I think there's, there's two things which are very important. Number one, and I'm sure this is a phrase you've heard, said, internalizes, you need to have a very strong burning platform mm. or a really strong solution that you're getting in because it's not going to be about, oh, I have this great product and they don't care. It's about what problem of my business are you fixing? And being able to help sometimes help them understand the challenge. So I was at LinkedIn for five years and LinkedIn is, and a lot of these enterprise companies are really, and including LinkedIn was notorious at just building a lot of solutions. We didn't buy things as much mm. when, we, when I was in there again, over time. And LinkedIn is a gone customer as well. But uh, when I was there, I remember doing things like planning, the, we used to throw people at problems back in those days. So helping them figure out, hey, by the way, here are five things you you probably are doing in a in a very manual way. This is how you get time back. This is how, and it's it's almost and this is the eventual outcome. Going back to the solution you're you're trying to get to. And the second thing which I think is very important, and and it's 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 almost like a mindset shift is if you think about these big enterprises, the roles are so depending on the designation and titles and so on. A lot of times we don't know who the right. We talk so much about personas. The ABM we need to know who the personas you're targeting. And some of the big enterprises, the persona is very different from what it might be defined as. So um, I'll give you an example. A lot of these 10,000 tech tools, they always say, oh, we need to talk to the chief revenue officer, the head of sales. Yeah. In a large enterprise with so much, so many, the, the chief revenue officer does not have time yeah, to care sure. about which system is going into the tech stack. Somebody on his team or her, their team, his or her team, is actually taking care of it. And hopefully... If, if there's a RevOps person, maybe it's, and even that head of RevOps might not be doing it. It might be someone on her team who's actually doing that. So yeah. there's so many questions there. So it's, I think it's both helping solve the right problem and finding the problem. And second, knowing the right person to reach out to and, and then doing all the different pieces we talked about in the, in the investments there. Yeah. Uh, and, and I come also from corporate world. I worked in DHL and then in Electrolux and in different B2, uh, e-commerces. And what I can say is you need to create some kind of playbook or some kind of mm -hmm. content that really helps the jobs to be done. Yeah. Like you really need to know the jobs to be done because if, and, and the, um, let's say autonomy of um, of the whole organization. Like you really need to understand. Like it, it's impossible to sell uh, to Electrolux if if I'm thinking I was on learning and development uh, technologies, right? So all kind of and there were a lot of them. We were migrating from SAP. Um, it was that time of 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 from premise. We were going into the cloud and we were looking right. at all learning and development. I did the same in DHL. And really, like, <laughs> by uh, only criteria that uh, were selecting vendors were, did you work with, uh, like, appliances type of companies? No, okay, out. Like, I was not even thinking about anything else, yeah. right? And then yeah. if you work 
uh, if you would give me frameworks on how to implement these tools, if you would give me templates, if you would yes. give me questions to ask other vendors, because yes. for many companies, um, you know, mm, it's new. And you, 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 as as you said, you cannot go to the uh, head of the department. You yes. cannot go. And then obviously all these startups, they ignore the individual contributors. While mm -hmm. those individual contributors, they will mention your solution in a meeting if they are impressed. And they are your friends that will get you. But no, but you need to have time for it, you know, and to have yes. patience for it. Because yes. if not, it's, it's, it's impossible, right? Yeah. So, and then pop-up events. I think pop-up events uh, that, that sit on top of the big events, Mm -hmm. It's another way to um, to meet these people and to have that jobs to be done and that content, right? So if there is a big event for uh, appliance innovation, right? The, taking the Electrolux example, right? Mm, you create an, e an, an event um, next to that big um, appliance innovation, whatever, where you can see those Electrolux people. Like you need to meet whoever within that organization that that is closer to your personas like sometimes i don't know but we ignore even the influencers yes right? like that's some and like, like oh yes. he's a, in accounting and he doesn't care about my uh tool and which is why the enterprise the and we could be talking about deal cycle being much longer it's because of the number of people you have to align and all the functions accounting procurement finance like it's, it's a very big big process i love that yeah. so um i i know that we need to end shantanu tell us where can uh, people reach you tell us about this community uh, and what are some new resources for revops folks uh, that you would recommend great so i think uh, so I'm, I'm most um, active on linkedin i would say mm. yeah, being an ex linkedin yeah. myself so linkedin is the best place to connect with me uh, in terms of the actual community, like I said, we've set up a RevOps dedicated community for Europe right now. Mm. And again, reach out to me if you're in RevOps, interested in connecting and setting up, more than happy to happy to do that. Uh, and then third, I think just a new resource, I'd say, um, I, I, we talked about Slack communities earlier. For anyone interested in RevOps, there's one in particular, RevOps Co-op. It's by mm -hmm. set up by someone in the, the US. Great resource, a lot of people in there, very active, thousands of RevOps people globally in there. Um, people come in and ask questions like, hey, I'm trying to get um, foreign exchange and currency set up on the CRM. What do I do? How, like simple things like that to even more complex conversation. And in fact, they're doing their first in-person RevOps event in May in San Diego. Mm. So I'll actually be, I'll be speaking at that one as well. So that's really exciting, exciting space to, a uh, place to come in and really understand things. Great, there are people there. And people there also talk about ABM. Usually RevOps yes. people talk about ABM because if you yeah. have uh, the budgets for RevOps, then ABM is somewhere yes. also Absolutely. there. So it's impossible not to get some resources. And the guys, I'm also a member and oh. in the RISE membership. So, oh, so, so like for that. sure, I recommend it. Thanks a lot, Shantanu. And hopefully we will meet in Dublin one day. So you show me the best Indian restaurant there. For sure, you know some of them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Look that from me. We'll, we'll remind you of all the vada pav that you had in Mumbai. For sure. I did the pani puri and the vada pav. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. And thank, thank you, thank you guys for joining us for today's episode. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.